Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to season two of the Pop Anime Comics Lounge, where I have with me cosplayer Danielle D. Nicola. So thank you for being on the podcast. Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. Now, you've done so many cosplays. What initially got you involved in cosplaying? I started out as an incredibly shy World of Warcraft player, and my roommate in college, who is also my best friend, was a cosplayer for like three or four years. And she just kind of did it for fun, and she went to conventions all the time. She kept telling me that I should dress up with her and I thought she was crazy because I was incredibly shy, didn't like crowds, so I just kept telling her no until one day she told me she was making me a costume, I had no choice, and that I was going to put it on and wear it no matter what. I did and then I realized how silly I was because it was super fun and now I couldn't imagine not doing it. And what was this cosplay that was your first one? This was launch from Dragon Ball Z. So she was the blue-haired blonde and I was the blonde-haired launch, and we walked around together at Supercon in 2013. And now when did you start to make your own cosplays? After that, I had loved Dragon Ball Z since I was young. So when I was walking around, I was making all of these new and really cool friends because they like Dragon Ball Z and I like Dragon Ball Z. I could meet so many more people and I could have all this fun with nerds like me who won't judge me. So I decided from then on to make an Android 18. Luckily, most of these photos of my original Android 18 have disappeared from the internet, but there's a few if you want to look hard enough. It wasn't a very good Android 18, but it was Android 18 nonetheless. And after that, it just started with whatever blonde character I could try and make. And so I'm very curious, what were the challenges you faced building your first cosplay? Well, I had used a sewing machine before. That does not mean I was good at it. I could hand sew, and I could sew two pieces of fabric together, kind of, with a sewing machine. But as far as Android 18, there was a lot of hot glue involved, because I didn't know how to do different stitches and how to make my own leather straps, for example, for the boots. I didn't know that you could go to Michael's and get actual leather straps. So my original leather straps were foam rectangles with the right color brown fabric, which looked nothing like leather, hot glued around the foam. So I think the biggest challenge, honestly, was not knowing all of the materials and accessible ways to make things well. And now since then, you've done several cosplays and you've gotten obviously a lot better. How do you go about formulating ideas of what you want to cosplay? That usually comes from whatever video game or movie or character that I get interested in at the time. So Dragon Ball Z is something that I just think about constantly. Watching Super over, I have like posters of Android 18 everywhere, even at my desk at work. That was just something that came naturally. But other than that, it's mostly video games that I love and have loved, like Soul Calibur, and Mortal Kombat, just all of my favorite characters from all my favorite games just continue to be inspired by other video game characters. Like if a new skin came out for League of Legends or if I renewed my WoW account, it just depends on what I'm playing at the time. And do you use sketches or references to really start to develop how you want the cosplay to come out? 
I do. Well, I'm obsessed with gender bending characters. And in that case, I do have to sketch out what the female version of that would be. But otherwise, I do. I have little sketch pads in my purse. And if I'm doing armor or fabric design, I'll sketch it out page by page. Each piece has its own page. And I'll go little by little and work out how I'm going to attach it to the fabric or where the D-rings are going to be in the back so that it will hold up on its own. And now when creating cosplay they typically require many different materials including fabric wigs different parts a lot of things for armor how do you go about finding and obtaining these materials I generally look for local places to find my materials just because I feel like helping out local businesses just seems a bit more wholesome to me. So there's comic stores in my area that sell Warbla. So I always buy from Tate's Comics whenever I need Warbla. Obviously not everyone lives in South Florida, but online I would normally get it from either the Art of Wigs website or Yaya Han's website also sells it. Otherwise, the heat gun for the Warbla can be bought in any hardware store and paint supplies and everything's all at Michael's. Now that I have a little bit of experience, I know where to go, but I know that when I first started, I was just kind of flailing around and asking everybody for help on the internet. And how do you go about handling props and prop creation? Because that's its own beast. Props all have different ways to go about them. I personally really love Warbla just because I'm so used to it at this point. I'll generally make swords and daggers and stuff out of foam and Warbla. I know some people make them out of wood. I know my friend Powerloader Props makes all his props out of wood. I'm not a wood connoisseur, but something that I learned about props is that the best props are able to be broken down and taken apart. And once I learned that, my whole life changed. And now I might get some heat for asking this question, but I think it's a safe thing to say that cosplay is a pay-to-play activity. How do you go balance your cost for your materials? Good question, because they get really expensive. One sheet of Warbla, which may or may not be an entire costume, is $100. So if you have a lot of armor, that's two or three sheets right there. That's $300. Just for the Warbla, that's not the foam or the spray paint. The spray paint's like $8 a can, and you definitely need more than one. And then whatever fabric you're buying, it's super, super expensive. The way that I balance it was opening a print store and basically just letting everybody know that my print store went right towards more costumes. The print store wasn't being used for my daily life, but to continue to produce more cosplays so that I could cosplay more. And that also opened another door when Patreon got announced and started a year or two ago. So now you can actually have your own subscription fan club. And that's another way. Once you don't have to pay out of pocket, it's not so daunting. But at the beginning, when you do, it's pretty rough. I had a pretty rough bank account the first few years. And now before we dive into talking about some of your cosplays, you tend to focus on comics, anime, and video games. How are you introduced to these three mediums? I mostly started out playing video games. That was where I centered because when I was young, I was always playing Halo with my family, my brother, my dad, and all of the neighbor kids. We had two Xboxes with two copies of Halo, and we would plug them into each other and play 4v4 with one team in one room and another team in another room. And that was the majority of my childhood was Halo. So besides that, we would go to Blockbuster and we would rent new video games every week. So it centered around video 
video games. Especially World of Warcraft was introduced into my life because that's when everything started to go downhill. <laughs> no more free time. From there, I was introduced into anime. Once I started going to conventions, way later on in life, I started watching anime. And I had already seen Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z and stuff like that, but I started watching all the popular ones and started falling in love with the anime characters, just like you would in TV shows and movies. And that's how anime came about. But comic books came last. Comic books came like within the last year or two when I started to do cosplay more and more and people had me guest at comic stores. And so I would look around and get really excited. I have an affinity to strong and powerful blonde characters just because I feel like blonde characters are generally portrayed as stupid. When I see really strong, awesome blonde women, I fall in love immediately. So Supergirl, Black Canary, and Miss Marvel. And now to talk about your video game cosplay. You've done a lot from League of Legends. One of them is Miss Fortune. What drew you to her character? Back when League of Legends started, I started playing in the beta. And before there was meta and there was a bot lane and mid lane and top lane categories, there was three or four characters that I loved and played all the time. And it was Miss Fortune and Annie and Ramus. So as the seasons went on, continued to center around those characters. So those are the ones that I'll always hold dear to my heart because they're the ones that I started with and have been playing for like most three years now. And she has a really big gun as a prop. How'd you go about getting that? I have sheets of EVA foam and I cut out three layers of the hilt of the gun and glued them all together and did all the carvings and embellishments and then covered it in warbler. And then for the barrel, since it's not straight, it funnels outward. I went to Michael's and I got a styrofoam cone and I got a foam cutter and it's basically this needle that heats up to like a million degrees and will cut the foam but you have to go really slow or it'll break so I was sitting there with this styrofoam cone going little by little by little hollowing out the foam cone to where it was hollow and then I attached it to the hilt and I added a strip over top of both of them so that they would connect to each other and then added all of the embellishment to the cone so was it worth it yes the guns actually only took me one day but that one day was from the time I woke up to the time I fell asleep. So 12 or 13 hours of continuous gun work. And it totally was worth it. Misfortune is my League of Legends bay, So I needed to do her at some point in time. And I've been wanting to for so long. So the fact that she's done and I can put the costume on and I can walk around and be my favorite League of Legends character. There's no better feeling than that as a cosplayer to finally do a character you've wanted to do forever and have it finished. You also did a Christmas version of her. What was that like? That was when I first started cosplaying. So I didn't know how to sew, especially not make a dress with a corset in the front of it. So I went on Amazon and I bought something that looked really close to it and tailored it until it became misfortune. But I didn't take into account that it is cold in the winter. So when I wore it to a winter convention, it was a really tiny dress and it looked okay. But it was a mistake because my legs were cold. 
And going off of that, you have done combinations or you've ordered pieces and you've also built your cosplays. How do you make sure your measurements are right when you're commissioning something? If you have a measuring tape, you can measure. But I've never sent anything out with measurements to get commissioned. I would usually just go on Amazon and buy something that looked really similar and then tailor it by myself. And then another League of Legends character is Timo, which is very furry. What was it like building this cosplay? That was another one that was in the very beginning and wasn't very good and I promptly threw away but it was just a journey because at that point I didn't know how to make anything and I didn't know about foam I didn't know about warbler so my way of making the hat was buy a hat a base hat which I probably would do again but I sculpted the goggles out of clay but I didn't get the right clay so it never fully dried so while I was at the convention if I touched the goggles too hard there would be an indent. It was just a mess. I had hot glued wet clay to the hat, so obviously it didn't stay. So it was just a fucking nightmare. There were parts of it that did look okay, like the telescope I was proud of, and the dart gun I was proud of. I ended up selling both of those on Etsy because I liked them, but the rest of the costume was a mess. Would you ever consider rebuilding it and building a better one? I've actually done that with a few of my costumes, rebuilding it and building it better. The first version of Raiden that I did from Mortal Kombat was hilarious. I have a picture of the first version that I wore. You could kind of tell it was Raiden, but it just wasn't put together well enough. I didn't think that it really captured his aesthetic because original bodysuit I used was like a V-neck and it was just really low cut and Raiden has the turtleneck. So the second time I did a bodysuit with a turtleneck it just looked way better and rebuilt all of the armor the first time I had ever used Warblood was for Raiden so again everything was bumpy and gross looking and chippings I didn't know how to seal at that point in time so I overhauled it and made a better version 2.0 and that's the version if you look at pictures that I have up on my Facebook that's the one that's up there now. And then another League of Legends character that you've done is Natalie. What is the story behind this cosplay? That costume was another costume that I had wanted to make for a really long time. Just because I feel like at some point I need to cosplay every League of Legends lady because they're all wonderful. So I was at Dragon Con and I was at my friend's room because they have free breakfast and I didn't. And she was like, hey, I don't want my Nidalee anymore and I really don't want to bring it back to Canada with me. Do you want it? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, you could just have it. Take it and bring it back with you. And I was like, Nikki, you're lovely. And her cosplay name is Rose Masquerade for any interested. So she didn't want the Nidalee costume anymore. So I threw some money at her and took it home with me. And what is the response when you wear it? Pretty well received. That was also my first time really understanding how to use body paint because she has the white marks all over her. So learning about setting powder and sealer and stuff like that i feel like it's generally pretty well received and now to back away from lee because you've done a lot of other video game characters including cammy from street fighter sonic the hedgehog selma from dragon age to name a few what were the inspirations behind these Sarah from Dragon Age, I need to wear again because that costume I was really proud of. I made it all from start to finish, complete scratch. That was the first time I'd ever made pants. That was the first time I'd ever made a shirt. Every ounce of that costume was me. So it was just really, really cool that I created it and I loved how it came out. And I don't know how many other cosplayers you've interviewed, but most of the time,
time. We don't like the way that our costumes come out nine times out of ten. So that one I really enjoyed. And the reason I made it was because I had a hundred something hours clocked into Dragon Age Inquisition. And Sarah was absolutely my favorite character. Just everything about her was something that truly spoke to me. It's usually the way that it goes. You're playing a game and if you can relate to the character, that's how I started to cosplay Yang was because I was watching Ruby and I was like, I love Yang. I need to be Yang. That's how the process goes from conception to creation, at least for me. But I loved Sarah and I was announced as a guest for OutCon, which was just like a nerd convention celebrating LGBTQ and video games and anime and all that. And I was like, this would be perfect. I have to be Sarah, the lesbian in Dragon Age for this gay convention. So I spent two weeks prior to the convention just in the craft room going absolutely crazy trying to finish it. And I finished it at 2 a.m. the night before. And it is one of my favorite costumes. And you also did two characters from Dead or Alive, Kasumi and Anya. What inspired these two characters? I love fighting games. My childhood was fighting games and Halo. So Soul Calibur, Dead or Alive, Mortal Kombat all of the fighting games that I could get my hands on. Dead or Alive, the boobs were cool, but I actually paid attention to the storyline and really enjoyed the storyline, including a storyline in Soul Calibur. Those were my two favorites. So I just felt like I needed some way to express my love for Dead or Alive. And the two characters that were always my favorites were Ayane and Kasumi, and they're related, so I had to do them both. And now to talk about your anime cosplay, one of your first ones was Ezra from Fairy Tale. Besides my blonde girl obsession, my redhead girl obsession is equally as ridiculous. I'm sure if you go onto my Facebook page and hit photos and just scroll down through the gallery, you'll see ridiculous amounts of red hair, and that's just because I'm living vicariously through my wigs, because if I could have red hair, I would have it but the upkeep is ridiculous and i don't have that kind of money or time to go to the hair salon at least once a week so blonde it stays so fairy tale and soul eater were the two animes that i started watching when i was first introduced to anime and my maka cosplay from soul eater just didn't ever look good i tried to make it a few different times but urza was another character that i just really really liked because if you watch fairy tale lucy to me seems the normal dumb blonde not really there because she is really strong and awesome she's just there because she stumbled her way there but Urza is strong and fiery and powerful and just somebody that I really admired when I was watching it so at that point in time again I had just started I think I had made three costumes at that point so I didn't have a huge skill set so I did my best on the pants and that's why I chose the outfit that I did because I didn't know how to make armor yet so I did the Japanese cloth with the fire pants. And now we have to talk about your Android 18 and how yes. it was a remake. So walk me through how that all happened. So the Android 18, it was a lot of bought pieces that I hot glued together in the beginning. And also in the beginning, I felt I had blonde hair and therefore didn't need a wig, which was hilarious because Android 18's hair was much shorter than mine, a whole different color. And her hairline starts like halfway back of my head. Now I'm much more detail oriented. 
it. That is super cringy to me that I did that, but everyone has to start somewhere, right? When I remade it, I got the best wig I could possibly find off the internet. It was a beautiful lace front, and I cut it and I styled it. As far as the actual costume, the Red Ribbon Army logo on the back of the jacket, I remade all of that. I remade a new skirt, new tights, kept the same boots but made new leather straps because I wanted to include actual leather and not hot glued fabric foam. The new Android 18, I'm happy with. I don't think I would change anything. And now another blonde, because we can't go without talking about Full Metal Alchemist here, a wintery cosplay that you did. Yes, that's actually a funny story because that same friend of mine, her name is Momo. She goes by Keeks Cosplay or Scumbag Keeks on Instagram. But her favorite anime is Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. And she told me that I need to watch it. And she knows that I had a thing for blondes and wanted to cosplay all the blondes. She was like, the thing is, though, if you start it, you're not allowed to cosplay Winry unless you finish it. Okay, Momo, definitely. Of course. I would never betray your wishes. And then I got about halfway through and Metrocon was coming up in Tampa and I needed a easy costume for the first day. So without Momo knowing, because Momo left for the weekend, I went and got a worker suit and bandana and made Winry and she saw the pictures and she was my roommate. The only way that she didn't know was because she was gone for the weekend and she saw the picture and immediately messaged me in fury and it was hilarious and she still hasn't forgiven me to this day. That was also before I knew how to do good warbler things and I had attempted to make a wrench and you may notice that that wrench is nowhere to be found in any photos and that's because because that wrench was disposed of behind the building of Metrocon because I decided as I was walking in that it was too embarrassing to carry it around. So I threw it in a bush. And we got to talk about Ruby and your Yang cosplay. Do you uh, need a hand with that? Oh my god. Okay, hands down, my favorite character of any show, video game, anime, movie anything in the entire world is Yang. Because I have never actually felt I was exemplified in any media, if that makes sense, as a blonde girl that has my sense of humor, which is dark and cultivated by the internet and the depths of Xbox Live. So sarcastic, dry humor, and I just relate to Yang 100%, and that's never happened for me before. So when I started watching Ruby, I just absolutely fell in love, and I was like I have no idea how to sew I really don't know how to sew that vest or that skirt but I will find a way to make this happen and I did so I messaged my friend Amberly who goes by Adeline Dawn and I was like hey do you need any armor done because I need this vest and I would like to propose a trade so she made the vest and the skirt for me and I made her shin guards for Ash from League of Legends that's how Yang was born and how do you feel that that the cosplay was received because Ruby has taken off tremendously. I think that a lot of people really liked it and I'm really glad because I'm really proud of it and the gauntlets were all me and that's the first time I had made anything like that and I have never cursed so much in a 72 hour period than I did making those stupid fucking gauntlets. But I finished them and they came out pretty well and I'm happy that I did but those gauntlets gave me a hard time. They're really round never done that before how do you feel that the anime has turned because it's obviously taken an extremely dark twist 
Yes, it has. And I tell everybody that I'm convincing to watch it that it starts off with a My Little Pony feel and then it just takes you and puts you on this roller coaster and straps you in and zip ties you and is, all right, here you go. You're actually watching Attack on Titan and just fucking pushes you off the edge of a cliff. And I love it. It's awesome. I just have to warn people because I wasn't warned and I didn't know and none of my friends knew that it was just about to go fucking crazy, but it did. And I love it. And then finally, what I want to talk about is your comic cosplays. And you've done some stuff with Marvel, Black Widow, Ms. Marvel, <laughs> Deadpool, Invisible Woman, to name a few. These characters, why? Black Widow, I did because it was around the time when one of the Avengers movies had come out. And she's the only girl in the Avengers. And she's a strong, independent woman who don't need no man. So I got to do Black Widow. She's in my face all the time because all the Avengers movies were happening at once. Everybody was talking about them and Black Widow was just somebody who I thought was really cool. All of the strong blonde, kind of what I was talking about before. Whenever I am introduced to a character that I think breaks the norms of what blondes are usually represented as in the media, which are just ditzy, stupid side characters that don't matter, that kind of stuff is overplayed for me and I feel like I want blondes that are awesome and kick ass instead of just play a damsel in distress. So whenever I come across someone like that, I'll get really excited. And there's a lot of different errors with these comic characters. So how do you go about choosing which error you want to cosplay from? Honestly, based on aesthetic. Because when I was looking into Supergirl, I was looking at all the different outfits she has, basically, in all the different universes and the different shows. And the animated series was the one that stuck out to me the most, just caught my eye. And my day job, I got a degree in creative advertising, and I do a lot of graphic design. So it's just basically whatever catches my eye design wise is always my favorite to do so for example miss marvel the black the red and the gold just stuck out to me and whenever i would see miss marvel photo with her in that particular outfit i thought that just spoke to me on a design level i guess and i just choose the outfits based on which ones stick out to me and now i think it's safe to say that some of the cosplays can be a little skimpy, or for lack of a better word. Oh, yeah. Where do you draw the line of what's comfortable for you? When I first started doing cosplay, I was just a shy little nerdy kid, so I was pretty insecure. I didn't even want to, like, go to a convention because I was too shy to talk to people. So at first, the line was on the conservative side. When I did Cami, it was not the thong that she normally wears. It was a leotard that covered the majority of my my ass. As I kept cosplaying, it opened this new door where I was being forced to talk to people, especially at conventions. If I have a table, people come up and they talk to me and it just became easier to talk to people. And now that it's been a few years, it's a lot easier to talk to people. I have a little bit more confidence and especially with the modeling aspect, it kind of goes hand in hand with the self-esteem building. And the more I did modeling and the more I did cosplay, I started just 
just gaining a little bit more confidence in myself, which also was kind of like, well, I don't care if the side of my ass is showing in this costume. Fuck it. Let's do it. This is the character. I want to be the character. There's no limits anymore. And so now it's much less conservative because I have more self-confidence in that way. So now the line is drawn in a much less conservative way than when I began. Now, outside of Marvel, you've done DC, you've done Supergirl and Tara, to name a few, and I'm a big Teen Titans fan. What was the inspiration for both of these characters? Tara's the one that I did in the beginning that I was actually pretty excited and proud of because Teen Titans was one of my favorite shows of all time when I was growing up. I loved all the characters. If I could do every Teen Titan character, I would, but Tara was just the one that I had always related to when I was watching because she was the outcast. She didn't know who to trust. I'm pretty sure everyone's watched Teen Titans, so I'm pretty sure I'm not spoiling anything, but she couldn't really find her place, changing allegiances and realizing that what she did was wrong in the end. But I never thought she had a good ending, which made her more important to me because I felt like she really deserved that, especially in the TV show. Tara's always been one of the characters that I actually did really relate to because she had that really dark past and didn't know where she belonged and then had this awesome love interest and then just disappeared from the show and I was always feeding for them to bring her back and give her the conclusion but they never did it's just been something that I've always been thinking about and so Tara's always been one of the characters that I had to do and then the final cosplay I want to talk about is Bubbles from the Powerpuff Girls and you were part of a group with Buttercup and Blossom who's the leader what was it like cosplaying such an iconic character that so many females know and males are ashamed to admit so the Powerpuff Girls was my Sailor Moon there's so many girls who just are so in love with Sailor Moon and that's how I felt about the Powerpuff Girls and the hilarious part was that Buttercup was always my favorite but everybody would call me Bubbles that's a nickname amongst friends because I'm always the one that's nobody should fight let's all get along yay and super super bubbly and fun and the minute that you get Bubbles mad she explodes into this ridiculous dangerous force to be reckoned with and that's how my temper works too so it took me a while I didn't want to accept the Bubbles title for a long time but once I did I've embraced it and I understand now that I am Bubbles and Bubbles is me and so I had to do Bubbles and the group was super fun I really want to do another Powerpuff Girls group and now I think we covered a huge piece of your career and we obviously missed a lot of cosplays because you've done so many of them but what advice do you have for people who want to get into cosplay even that you mentioned that I've done a lot I think that that is something that I'd like to touch on because when I first started I thought that I needed to just make up for lost time and just went super ham trying to do as many costumes as I possibly could in the shortest amount of time possible and just totally burnt myself out And I ended up needing to take these huge long breaks and just tearing myself down mentally and emotionally, just draining my bank account. I was exhausted. And I think the main thing that I'm trying to get out is it's better to take your time on one or two and make them perfect than try to do seven or eight as fast as you can and just completely burn yourself out from it because that way it doesn't lose its luster. You're super proud of what you make because you spent more time 
instead of just trying to get it done. The majority of the costumes I made in the beginning, I was just trying to finish and I ended up saying fuck it a lot and not doing it the way that I wanted to. And that's why the majority of the costumes that I made in the beginning, I had to throw away because they just didn't come out well. So don't bring yourself out. Take your time. And then finally, do you have anything you would like to promote? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, store, website, appearances? So um, it's pretty simple. My name across the board on Facebook, Instagram, all of that stuff is Danielle Dinacola, which is my first and last name. Danielle is D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E and Dinacola is D-E-N-I-C-O-L-A, like Coca-Cola. Twitter is Danielle G-G-W-P because turns out Danielle Dinacola is one character too long for a Twitter handle. But my store is, if anybody's interested in prints, is DanielleDinacola.StoreNV.com. If anybody wants to support me on Patreon, that's Patreon.com slash DanielleDinacola. And if you want to watch me stream and basically curse like a sailor, my Twitch is E-L-L-3-I-N-A-D, which is Danielle spelled backwards with a three because I'm like super nerdy. As always, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio, and anywhere else where you listen to your podcasts. And I do have an official sponsor, audibletrials.com slash Lounge. You get 30 days free if you sign up using my link, and you get a free book. And the book that I recommend this week is Ready Player One. It is being made into a movie that is less than 200 days away. It is a great book. If you sign up using my link, you get 30 days free, and you can pick that book up. It's got everything from comics, anime, pop culture references, and it's one of the best books I ever read. I'm actually right now listening to it again, and it is narrated by yours truly, Will Whedon, and it is a fantastic read, so I definitely recommend, if you're not already signed up for Audible, signing up using my link. You get 30 days free. It's a great book. It'll last you 15 hours, so definitely sign up for Audible. I'll put the link in the description down below. Click on it, sign up, listen to the book right after you listen to this podcast, as well as we are on Twitter at PopAnimeComics, and we do have a Facebook page. Definitely like the Facebook Facebook page all news regarding the podcast the website popoutmakecomics.com is all throughout that Facebook page until next week everybody have a wonderful week